0: I mean, I not be able to do that. I will not be able to do that. I will not be able to That's right, just the two of us once again on the High Stakes Fantasy Advantage Podcast. That's right, just little old me, Greg Ambrosius, and my partner, Derek Butcher. Derek, Tom's taking another day off. He's got a recovery, he says, from the live events. And he actually picked up a cold where he was sneezing all through our XM draft last night. So I said, stay the hell home.
1: Derek and I got this covered, right? Yeah, it's uh yeah, we don't need any of that sounds. Uh, it he does he he was okay with the, the name I, I gave him last yesterday on the show, so there's no hard feelings between <laughs> us. <laughs> also I got a couple of, it sounds like a couple of our uh, customers uh, really had a blast with just you and I, so I don't know. Maybe Tom maybe Tom's on the outs here, I don't know.
0: Oh, he's been willy pipped. Yes, he has wally pipped, <laughs> excuse me. He's been wally pipped, no doubt about it. Yeah, Tommy, you better get yourself off the sick bed, baby. Maybe Just the two of us. Oh yeah, just the two of us. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Welcome to the Thursday, September fourteenth edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Advantage Podcast. Derek, I must tell you this: tomorrow is my boy's sixteenth birthday. That's right. He was born on uh, September fifteenth, two 2001, shortly after 9-11, and it is hard to believe that he'll be 16 years old tomorrow. Gets his driver's test on Monday, which means on Tuesday my car insurance will go up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, a lot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: but you gotta love it i mean this is a little kid who grew up to be six foot 230 right now playing on the offensive line i know you got two little ones but uh soon the time will fly boy and uh, you're gonna have a have some kids that'll be 16 18 years old already
1: yeah that uh i'm not quite ready for that so happy birthday happy birthday to your son he gets to play a game on his birthday that's great
0: He does, and they should kick some ass, too. They're playing a rival, Manawa, and I think
1: we're going to kick their ass. When they were little kids, they always snuck in sixth graders to play the fifth graders,
0: and they (laughs) beat us in the championship game. Trust me, we've remembered
1: that. You know, that doesn't surprise me in Wisconsin, not one bit.
0: They had this loophole that if they weighed under like 100 pounds, they could still play in the fifth graders. Their whole team was sixth graders. I'm not going on anymore, damn it. We're kicking your ass tomorrow, Manoa, and my boy's 230 right now, all right? right. there you go. All right. (laughs) Hey, Derek, last night we had fab in the NFFC, one of the craziest fab periods we've ever had, so let's talk about that. Tariq Cohen, he was available in only one. One out of our 46 primetime leagues, which was pretty amazing. Everybody was on this guy even on August 27th. But he went for. $811. Eight hundred and eleven dollars. Tom and I have an auction league. I bid four thirty. Tom bid like two twenty. He went for eight hundred and twenty nine dollars in our auction league. You're a former player. How do you manage the rest of the year when you've only got one hundred and seventy one dollars?
1: Well, it's easy to manage the rest of the year. You got you don't have a whole lot of pickups left, right? I mean, that's eight hundred and eleven dollars. That is, I mean, in a prime time, that's crazy. It's, I mean, I understand. I mean, if that's the move you feel that'll put you over the top, I mean, I had a couple of buddies kind of text me yesterday that played. In our in our leagues, and they, what would you bid on cohen And I said, I don't know if you know if I was playing, I might throw it. I might get up to five hundred, pending who I had on my team and what my needs really were at running back. But no way could I go, you know, over eighty percent on one guy. I mean, he, again, we we've seen one game; he was great, and I and I think the role is there for him. But wow, I mean, he, he, there's no more big pickups for for that guy, right? I mean, you know, any solid pickup moving throughout the rest of the year will cost you two hundred bucks. Uh, just because of having to outbid other people. So he's essentially done other than, you know, little little nooks and crannies and kickers and defenses maybe, but uh, he's pretty much set, so good luck.
0: Yeah, when, like, you know, you have bye weeks for eight weeks, right? Through five through 12, you're always picking up a kicker, a defense, you know, you're going to have more injuries going on. How do you manage? But, hey, this owner wasn't the only one. Buck Allen yesterday picked up in 15 prime times, high bid of $752, 10 bids over $400.
1: You're shaking your head. Well, I mean, again, I mean, I think Cohen's role is more set than uh, Allen's at this point. I mean, I do think Woodhead's coming back, right? I mean, at some point, I mean, we'll see if he's able to actually perform. But seven, you know, seventy percent of your budget for (laughs) Devorius Allen. I mean, again, uh, I mean, I love it. These guys, these guys know what they want, though. At least they're going for it. I mean, you you can't take it with you after you know after week week thirteen or fourteen. So it's, I mean, it's good to spend it. But wow, again, I love it. Guys are spending money going after what they think they need to win. That's what it's about. We're not done yet. Andre Ellington,
0: $878 in a prime time. $200 or more in half of our prime times.
1: What do you think? The $200 i am fine with. I mean, again, uh, uh, like I said <laughs> yesterday, I, I don't like that situation outside of David Johnson anyway. No. So I, I maybe would have thrown a few bucks somewhere. 200 seems even a lot, but that's at least you got you got money left. $800, you're, did you say 800 and $878? 878 He might not even... Oh, that, wow, that's... I almost wonder if that was a mistake. Maybe that was supposed to be like 87 or 88. No, I don't think so. There were a lot of 200-plus bids,
0: $300, $400 bids. This was an outlier, obviously. Let's let's keep on going. Nelson Aguilar, $432 high bid. 13 prime times he was picked up, five uh, leagues over $300 for Nelson Aguilar.
1: Again, a lot. Um, I, outside, outside of that one play, he didn't have a very big game. Um, again, I, you know, he, he may be the second quote unquote receiver there. I mean, Torrey Smith is you know the kind of the long ball guy doesn't get a lot of catches, and Elshon Jeffrey is obviously the number one. But with Sproles there out of the backfield and Zach Ertz, I don't I don't know how many balls there is enough to go around for Nelson Aguilar to be a, a weekly starter and to spend you know four hundred or three hundred dollars on a guy you maybe. Want to play once or twice seems a bit high to me too. But again, right, I'm these, not, these guys I'm not are done. done. <laughs> I'm not done.
0: I'm not done here. Alan hearns five hundred thirty-one dollars. He was picked up in half of our prime times. Most of them were two hundred dollars to three hundred dollars, but five thirty-one. I'm not done yet. Jesse James, four hundred and seventy six dollars. Picked up in thirty more than thirty primetime leagues, most of them between fifty and two hundred. Again, an outlier of four seventy six. I'm not done yet. Chris Johnson, two hundred and <laughs> Chris Johnson, $202, oh. picked up in 25 prime times, most of them 20 to $40, but an outlier of 202. Again, I, I know what you're saying on that Arizona backfield. I mean, without David Johnson, you got a 300 monster. you got a 300 monster, and none of them are really a monster. Yeah. I'm not done yet. Okay, <laughs> Giorgio Tavecchio was yeah, picked up pick in her. every prime time. Awesome. <laughs> Mostly around 20 to $40, so uh, I'll okay. go there. Last one, last one. We're back in the Arizona backfield, Kerwin-Williams, 878, 17 prime times, most of them between 200 and 500, a lot of heavy bids for Kerwin-Williams, but again, high of 878, and uh, that three-headed monster, I don't like
1: any of those monsters, actually. They're puppets, they're not monsters
0: yeah so wild wild time in the nffc why do people do that you know derek they've got them now for the next 12 weeks you'd go nowhere if you're not doing well after week 13 so why not spend it now on a guy who's going to be in your starting lineup for
1: like i say maybe 12 weeks right yeah i mean i I get the point spend it up front so you get the most benefit out of those dollars that you have guys longer also but they're there will be more injuries week two and week three and week four. Okay. There's no getting around it. So I mean, to have that, to have spent eighty to ninety percent of your budget already, puts you. I mean, it puts you in a in a tightrope act the rest of the way. That's for sure.
0: Phew, I ran out of breath there.
1: I'm not done yet,
0: you know, but now I'm done because I've run out of breath. I'm out of shape. I'm telling you, I played basketball yesterday, I'm out of shape. But, hey, speaking of yesterday, Tom and I had our show on SiriusXM last night. I, I thought it was a fun, fun show. We had two guests on there talking about the Thursday night game. Mo Agar of ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati basically said it's one of the worst offensive line performances he had ever seen. We asked him if it was one of Andy Dalton's worst performances. He said no, a couple of years ago, he had a QB rating of two, of two, (laughs) on Sunday with four interceptions and a fumble, he had a quarterback rating of 20, I can't imagine he played any worse a quarterback rating of two,
1: yeah, I don't, I I mean, i I have to check on that to make sure, I don't even even think you can score two,
0: I don't know, I gotta check that one out myself, but he said Andy Dalton had been worse than he was on Sunday, wow,
1: I, I don't know, I got nothing else to say there. I mean, we know how bad he was Sunday. If he was actually worse than that in any other game, oh my goodness.
0: Yes. He said, so May, Mo Egger says this is going to be an ugly, ugly Thursday night game. He's predicting a 15 to 13 win. uh, uh, I like the odd numbers there, prime number thrown in there as well. I like it, so I'm watching anyways. Damn it, I'm watching anyways. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, I'm watching too. No question. Second Thursday night game of the year. Neither one of these teams can be as bad as they played on Sunday. So that's one you know one thing we got going for us watching that game. I, I you know the the over under right now is about thirty eight and a half in Vegas, depending on where you get it. And Cincinnati is now a six point favorite. Um, I, I, you know, I, I agree. those two teams were just so bad Sunday. I just get a, a gut feeling. I have no real reason to say this, but I think we're actually going to see a pretty good football game tonight. And I think it will go over the 38-and-a-half. I'm, I'm looking for, like, a 23-20 type game or something. Like, that. I think it's going to be better than people think. Yeah, I think
0: both of them were terrible because they're – tackles, left and right tackles, were horrendous. Uh, We had Jason Braddock on last night of Sports Talk 790 in Houston, and he said on every single drop back pass that Tom Savage made, the pressure was there within two and a half seconds. He got rid of the ball in two and a half seconds on every single one of his passes except for two, and it was like 2.69 and 2.73, and he still got sacked 10 times. So these guys were getting in the backfield in less than two and a half seconds.
1: Wow. that's uh, And I thought the offen- Vikings' offensive line had trouble. That just, I mean, it, yep. yeah, that's just awful. That's awful. So
0: I think they can't be that bad again, or they're going to have to do more running plays, not even pass oh. much. But I think it will be a better game tonight. But I thought it was great. Braddock was fantastic. He called out Bill O'Brien last night in the worst way, basically saying that Bill O'Brien is not. Going to be here next year. He knows it. He's just planned to put wins on his resume. He doesn't care if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the future. He's throwing him out there tonight. He's not prepared. He thinks it's a disastrous decision for Watson and the Texans, but O'Brien doesn't care. He wants a win in the worst way, and he's throwing him out there. Now, me and you feel that Savage was so bad. Watson looked much better than him. He should be starting. He should have been starting last week, but. This guy is saying that O'Brien is just doing it to cover his butt right now
1: for this season. Well, again, I think O'Brien's agreeing with us then is saying if he if he's really if he knows he's not gonna be a coach and he's trying to simply add wins to his resume and he's using Deshaun Watson to do so I think he's on the same page you and I are I mean Tom, we know what Tom Savage is regardless of how bad his offensive line was yesterday or on Sunday with the, the time he was getting Tom Savage is Tom Savage for a reason Deshaun Watson is just he's a better playmaker he can uh, you know yeah. get out of the pocket a little bit make plays with his legs and he, you know he wasn't accurate as you as you mentioned yesterday uh, on Sunday but again first game so well, I there's just I think there's a I don't want to say it's night and day difference between the two, but eventually there will be a night and day gap between Deshaun Watson and Tom Savage. Right, as long as he doesn't get killed
0: right. while he's <laughs> standing behind us, the offensive line. Now remember, yeah. David Carr got sacked seventy six times. He got shell shocked so much it ended his career. He never got sacked 10 times in one game, which is what happened last week with the quarterbacks in Houston. So let's hope that he stands upright and can get through this season. But I do think it's the best move for the team. I think Watson will help them turn things around. I think they're going to cover tonight as well. I don't think they're six points worse than Cincinnati. Nope. And I don't think the home field advantage does a whole lot for Cincinnati. So let's see what happens. I'm going to predict a Bengals win. I'm not going to go 15-13, but I think it's going to be something like 24-20. I think it's going to be a pretty good game myself. I think they're going to go on the over. So that's just my predictions. But uh, uh, let's talk about the Cleveland Indians a little bit. I know we're not uh-huh. talking baseball mode right now, but 21 wins in a row listen i spent 13 days in las vegas they had a winning streak before i left they have a winning streak now that i'm back what do you think of that yeah i
1: was just thinking about that i mean i have since the time they have last lost i've been to a long weekend at my cabin a long weekend in new york a long weekend in vegas and i've been back for half a week and they still haven't lost i'll tell you what the last time they lost was august 23rd okay i went back and checked a couple of draft boards for that day get this kareem hunt was still an eighth round pick the last time the cleveland, <laughs> the cleveland indians lost a game spencer ware was still being taken in the fifth round the last time the indians lost i he mean he was alive it, it's yeah. crazy how long i mean 21 games it's it's simply amazing they, they play again today so they can today they can set the all-time record i think they're tied right oh. for the national league record right or the american, american and national point. are now tied so they can they can yeah. own it today all by themselves so good luck i want to see them do it actually
0: I do, too. I definitely do. Okay, let me ask you, who's the best team in the American League then, Cleveland or Houston? I mean, Houston was fantastic for four months of the season. Now their pitching is let down, and
1: they're not as good, but who do you pick there? I, you got to go with the Indians. I mean, you know, they get into a playoff series, and you got Kluber and Salazar and Carrasco going yeah. one, two, three if they're all healthy. It's, I mean, Houston's offense is fun to watch, but come playoff time, you know pitching like that can just dominate. All right. What about the National League? So you got the Dodgers who
0: losing everything right now after being declared the greatest team of all time. Possibly. <laughs> uh, what do you think there? Uh, Cubs again? Could it be a Cubs Indians World Series again?
1: I I'm still leaning heavily on the Dodgers or the or the Nationals to come out of the National League this year. I mean, once Dodgers the Dodgers got three weeks to get things righted here, and you know they got the big guy up top in Kershaw. Look over at the National side, and you know with Scherzer and Strasburg. Still healthy right now, as of now, or at least healthy again, maybe the better way to put it. But I got to think those two teams—they have enough offense to um, to take care of. I think, and the Cubs are Cubs are mashing, obviously, but I, I'm—I don't see a whole lot of the, the Lester arietta thing isn't working as well as it was last year. So to me, it's it's still the Dodgers and the Nationals. All right, you've had a couple of days to digest our live
0: draft, some of the strategies people use, why people d- passed on Zeke when they kind of knew the TRO had a good chance of going forward. Talk about what
1: you learned a little bit from the other side of the table and what you saw. Yeah, so uh, this is not just from one or two guys either. There's a lot of guys I noticed, even once the you know the Friday news came out about Zeke Elliott yeah, going to play week one, very likely to play most of the year, uh, being passed on around 9, 10, 11 down in that area where guys were grabbing you know Brandon Cooks or A.J. Green. Um, so I actually asked a bunch of guys saying, you know, Zeke was being drafted third overall, essentially, in most drafts uh, earlier before the suspension news came down. And now we have a pretty good feeling that he's going to play all 16 games. Um, And I asked a a bunch of guys why they passed on him there if they would have taken him third overall prior. And a bunch of them said, well, the fact that he was slipping to the second round there for so long, that guys were starting to pair him with, you know, some guys were getting, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott or a couple guys, David Johnson or, or, you know, Antonio Brown and Zeke would fall all the way back. And they said that if they drafted Zeke in the first round, there they felt they were falling behind the eight ball because another team had already, you know, paired him with the David Johnson. To me, right. to me, I, I understand what they're saying because they're they're thinking thinking long term. Like I got to get, you know, I'm going to be in the playoffs, and I, uh, you know, I. I th- another guy's going to have Zeke and David Johnson. I'm going to have Zeke and and somebody else. But at the same time, that logic to me is very flawed as well, because first of all, you need to get into the, you need to get into the playoffs to win the big prize, right? Having Ezekiel Elliott in your league, and you're going to be the only team that has Ezekiel Elliott in your league, uh, can get you to the playoffs. And again, um, you know, when we're talking about the playoffs, it's it's a three week, weeks, 14, 15, and 16. Now, I know you carry your average over from the from the first 13 weeks, but that's, you know, the separation there is one big play in a playoff game. That's all it really is. So it, it comes down to weeks 14, 15, and 16. And if you have Zeke, even a guy that, well, look at the guys that had Zeke and David Johnson, how are they feeling right about now? Right. The guy that right. took Zeke in the first round and now paired him with a I don't know what Devonte Freeman or uh, a Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, your first two picks are no better than that guy's first two picks. Who had David Johnson moving forward? So, because your your second your second round guy is going to outpace David Johnson's one game plus the couple games at the end, and whoever he uses to replace David Johnson. So, to me, that logic I just didn't understand. I mean, I, I can see long term what they were thinking, but in the end, to me, that's very flawed logic. Yeah, I heard that as well, that you're not gaining an edge by grabbing
0: Zeke at the end of the first round, even though you didn't know what was going on, because the edge came from the earlier drafts when guys teamed up David Johnson and Zeke, so you're not gaining an edge. But I do disagree with that as well, because... All of a sudden, it's an Adam Thielen who comes out of nowhere that becomes your edge ahead of those teams. And so, I don't think you can assume that those two players are the edge there. I mean, you just got to find an Adam Thielen and somebody else, you know, later on, and that could be your edge. Uh, so, so that's how it's won usually in our in our primetime contest where somebody finds a guy who's the way outlier like Adam Thielen. So, all right. Well, tomorrow we're going to be back. It's just going to be the two of us again, man. Tom's taking a day off tomorrow, so uh, to hell with him. Wally Pipped.
1: Was that even Wally Pipped? Like, you know, Wally Pipped got Wally Pipped by Lou Gehrig. Tom, Tom, (laughs) I don't even know. Is there a name where somebody just gets cut like it goes from three to – I don't know what that would be. We'll have to come up with a name for that. I'll I'll work on that for tomorrow, and I'll come up with a term. Yeah, he's really not being Wally Pipp
0: because we're we're going two on three at this point. I mean, we're taking on a man down and we're we're
1: succeeding. So we're done. We're you know, done with him. You it, may just get caught. It's too bad because he loves this podcast more than anything on earth. He, he He clearly told me that in New York, that the podcast <laughs> made his day every single day. So we'll get him back on next week for sure. He's just sitting
0: at home swearing at his refrigerator, swearing at his TV. He's got no outlet at all because the podcast is his outlet. But hopefully it's your outlet, too. Join us tomorrow. We'll be back to talk about the Thursday game and the weekend edition of Fanball.com, all right? See you tomorrow.
1: Bye. Sounds good.